The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and it's that time of year when the housing market starts to pick up steam. So if you have been thinking about selling your home, please know a couple of things. Interest rates are going up. They're going to rise the rest of the year. If you need to sell or you're thinking about it, right now is the time to list your home with realestateagentsitrust.com. I started realestateagentsitrust.com because I knew there's, there had to be a better way to sell or buy a home. And with the market average for selling cycle of six to nine months, you need to get a jump on the rest of the market. Competition is going to be stiff this year, but with realestateagentsitrust.com, my team has assembled the agents who I trust, who you can trust, who will get the most money for your home as quickly as possible. At realestateagentsitrust.com, we've taken the guesswork and anxiety out of selling your home. So put them to work for you now. realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com is a Mercury Real Estate LLC. I don't think I'm going to say anything that's going to make you feel bad. <laughs> All right. And uh, we're going to start with that. And I'm going to do my best uh, today. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Alexa Pure. Alexa Pure, if you suffer from asthma, uh, C- uh, COPD, bronchitis, emphysema, your allergies uh, keep you up at night. Seconds. Colder weather means there's more time indoors. And for those suffer that suffer from respiratory conditions or aller- allergies, it's going to be harder uh, for you. Now, listen, most air purifiers do not do what the Alexa Pure Breeze does. This is a true HEPA air purifier with patented IO cluster technology. It removes 99.97% of irritants from the air. Uh, and it is less than a third of the cost, I think, of, of, of others. It's BreezeCleanAir.com. Go there now. Save $100 at BreezeCleanAir.com. Finally, affordable, effective, true HEPA indoor air purification. BreezeCleanAir.com. Glenn Beck. Sir. Okay, I... Gosh, I... You know, I'm having one of those moments, uh, Stu, where you, you know, you, 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 you know, you want to be a bigger person. You know what I mean? Okay. You, you want right. to be a bigger person, Do and you, you, you want to say, you know, I don't want to rub it in anybody's face. Uh, <clears throat> but I don't think I can be that person today. Um. I'm gonna do. You know what? I gotta. Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. Okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let the left speak for themselves. Okay. okay. Um. You know the the media personalities. Um. Some of them expressed surprise. Some of them disappointment. Some of them despair. Uh. Because there was not the blue wave. And um. If I if I may, I just. Uh, <clears throat> You know, I just thought it would be, um, I thought we'd start here. This is the moment uh, MSNBC absorbs the Ted Cruz win. Here it is. Hey, guys, I got to interrupt. In the re-election. No, we, have a, we have a big call. This is out of Texas. NBC News is projecting Ted Cruz will return to the Senate from Texas, and Republicans will be guaranteed control of the Senate as a result. Let's go to Chris Hayes, who is in El Paso at the Aurora headquarters 
uh, Chris Hayes, we've been going back to you all night long as we've been watching this almost unbelievably close race unfold. NBC now projecting that Ted Cruz will be uh, reelected. I got to ask you about how it feels in the room and whether or not people in the room have absorbed that call. I don't think they have absorbed it at all, to be totally honest. Um, loud music playing, it's filled. I mean, someone earlier tonight, a Texas Democrat who's elected, described the math in Texas like being in a prison and trying to get up over the wall. He said you could try a million different ways. It's a tall wall and it's really hard. And Beto has done a lot to get up over that wall. It looks like he's going to fall short. I also just talked to a Texas Democratic representative. Uh, a Texas source who said already it's the best night just to put this in perspective for Texas Democrats in a generation mm, yeah yeah it's the best it's the best night for Texas Democrats in a generation mm. and uh, yet they're still on the uh, wrong side of the wall in uh, in prison apparently here's Jake Tapper <clears throat> when he decides things aren't 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 really going the way everyone expected one of the things and that's an interesting um, uh, side effect mm-hmm. of this, if you will, uh, is a lot of the Republicans who were um, critics of President Trump, Carlos Corbello in Florida, Mike Hoffman in Denver, mm-hmm. uh, they are being defeated. Mm-hmm. So when the Republican Party regains uh, or reconvenes in the House, assuming Democrats have taken over or not, either way, that will be a more Trumpy Republican uh, caucus in the House of Representatives. The critics will have been picked off uh, quite a bit. So, Jake, what exactly does that mean about the blue wave? Here he is a little while later. It is entirely possible that the Democrats will regain control of the House today. But I have to say, when you look at what's going on here tonight, mm-hmm. this is not a blue wave. Not this a is blue. not, not. Uh, a wave that is knocking out wave. Uh, all sorts of Republican incumbents. No. We saw you just called the Kentucky 6th District. Mm. Now, there are every all sorts of ways that Democrats can yeah. regain the House mm-hmm. without Amy McGrath having defeated mm-hmm. incumbent Congressman Andy mm-hmm. Barr. But yeah. the fact is, she did not. And yeah. if she had, that would have really been an indication mm-hmm. of a big, powerful blue wave. Mm. The fact that she did not... And it is a district that he won uh, two years ago, Congressman Barr, uh, by more than 20 points. But this was a target. Democrats did hope to win Kentucky 6. Now, I just, competitor- I, I just want to point out that it is not a blue wave. Now, now Jake is a pretty fair guy, I think. Um, but you could hear... You could hear the little hearts breaking all around the table at CNN <laughs> last night. Here's here's Dana Bash. Yeah, let's take a look at the map here uh, of the governor's offices. We're still wow, she got a uh, deep waiting voice. to hear, right. but there are some really significant ones that we should point out. First of all, uh, the projection. We didn't really have a chance to talk about it, but the idea that Ron DeSantis is going to be uh, the next governor of Florida, winning over an uh, Andrew Gillum, uh, is quite significant. Mm. The fact that Mike DeWine is going to be uh, the next governor of Ohio, mm. keeping that state in Republican hands. That's going to be quite significant. And why do I say it's going to be significant? It's going to be significant because of the 2000 presidential election. Mm -hmm. Those are two incredibly important states. President Trump and the Democrats will be competing heavily for them. And the fact is that there will be Trump supporters in the Capitol, in the governor's offices of both of them. So that's quite significant uh, when it comes to the governor's offices. And and then we're waiting to see, waiting waiting to hear from uh, a a, a few others. I mean, remember, Whatever. How the context you? of this, the governor's mansions were a place where Republicans had 
made a lot of gains yeah, over the yeah. past several years. Yeah. And this election, yeah. Democrats were hoping to chip away at it big hoping. time. They did in some cases. Yeah. But these two examples, Jake, that you just put up there are big heartbreaks big for heartbreaks. Democrats. Big Obviously, heartbreaks. the biggest is Florida because yeah. they were really hoping that Andrew Gillum. Okay, let me, can, uh, I, can, I, can I go to uh, can I go to Chuck Todd here just for a second? Chuck had some hearts uh, that were broken there that they were sweeping up at uh, NBC as well. Here's, here's Chuck Todd. I got my pollsters here. I talked to my Republican half. Mm-hmm. Let me talk to my Democratic half here, Fred mm-hmm. Yang. Um, you're going to have to pay attention, look at the camera, and turn, <laughs> turn to me here. Um, Democrats got the House, but in the statewide races, mm-hmm. no signature win for uh-huh. Democrats, whether it's Florida, uh-huh. Georgia, Texas. Um, okay, can we go to uh, Savannah Guthrie? Uh, she, she had just a little bit to say, too. Go ahead. Really prevail we, we know in Chuck, other parts of the country. We know, as Chuck pointed out, in a wave election that's nationalized on a referendum around, say, Trump, yeah. Indiana yeah. goes Democratic, doesn't, yeah. doesn't stay Republican. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at, at an early hour on the, on the House races, we, we know enough already to be able to tell that the notion of a blue tsunami crashing over Donald Trump's Washington mm. does not look like at this hour that mm. it's materializing. Mm. In fact, when you look at the remaining U.S. Senate seats that are falling into play, chances are overwhelmingly likely that there will be pickups in the Senate. Andrew, and you want to get on this? Just very briefly, it's also not only who's getting elected. It's, uh, not, it's, uh, it's who's not getting elected. Uh, the, the next cut, please. From of this Savannah. election, because Marsha Blackburn is the first Republican to be elected from Tennessee who's not a moderate, not a Bob Corker. Go all the way back. They elect moderate Republicans from mm-hmm. Tennessee. Lamar Alexander. She is a Tea Party elected House member yeah. who is very much a, a Donald Trump. So maybe kind of it's the red wave on it's the Senate side, wave. at least. Yeah, well, that, uh, that exit poll showed it was. Uh, hey, stop. I just I just want to point out. <laughs> That anybody who says, and it is a horse apiece here, this is not a clear victory, but it is, it is worth stating, some hearts were broken last night. Some hearts were broken last <laughs> night. Van Jones was very, very sad last night. Um, others were very, very sad last night. Now, I don't you know, want to dance on their... Yes, I do, but I'm not going to dance uh, uh, about that. What I am going to say is... I've never in my lifetime seen a media campaign for two solid years to discredit, to uh, call every name under the sun, to smear, to uh, destroy to convince America that this is the worst thing that has ever happened to us. I've never seen this amount of money, this amount of airtime to try to uh, thwart anything. I've never, I mean, I don't think this kind of airtime and money was spent for any war that I have lived in. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen this ever they weren't this lockstep to convince us that war was good and we had to go fight our enemy. Never. I didn't see it with the Soviet Union. They didn't spend this kind of time and money in my lifetime trying to convince us that the Soviet Union was evil. They put everything on the table. They left everything on the field. The Democrats and the media and Hollywood have left 
all of it on the field. And gosh darn it, they just came up short. Now here's the one thing they're not going to do. Reflect. They are not going to reflect. I did. And I have some advice. I have some advice for the Democrats, but they will never listen. And in fact, Stu was driving in this morning. They had Michael Moore on MSNBC. They are doubling down, which is exactly what I expected them to do. I celebrate that. The worst thing they could do is double down. The worst thing they could do is say, oh, Ocasio-Cortez, she's the new face of the Democratic. That's the worst thing they could do for them. It's the best thing that could happen to our constitutional republic. They are going to double down. They are going to get worse. And they're trapped. They really are trapped. Nancy Pelosi came out last night and immediately said, we are not going to impeach. Well, Nancy, how are you going to keep all of those that currently want to eat you? How are you going to keep those people on the left that you have brought into the party that are so radical that all they want to do, all they want is blood. That's all they want. 41% of the people who voted last night, so I could pretty much guarantee they're all Democrats, 41% that went into the poll last night, they said they wanted to impeach Donald Trump. 41%. How are you going to keep those people at bay? How are you going to not look like a traitor to the cause to those people? There is a war that is happening right now in the Democratic Party. Nancy Pelosi probably will not allow impeachment to happen because it would be the worst thing. But I don't know if she can keep that party together. It was a it was not an optimal night. Keeping the house would have been fantastic. But last night, both sides should have learned something. And here's the first thing the Republican should do. The Republican House has already passed 100 bills. I don't even know what they all are, but some of them are probably pretty good. They've already passed them. They're just waiting for the Senate. The Senate should pick up those 100 bills and they should pass them. Then Congress should get together right now and put together another tax cut. You could pass it right now. Pass another tax cut. Pass it, pass it, pass it. Here's why. One of the things that you should take away from this is it is the economy, stupid. If the economy goes to hell in the next two years, Donald Trump will have problems. He's got to keep the economy going because this is a razor's edge margin. If the economy falls apart, it's going to be hard to keep going in 2020. Now, there is one bright side to that. Who are the Democrats going to run? Last night, I think, changed everything for 2020. 
because we learned last night Spartacus just ain't the answer. More in a second. First, let me tell you about 1-800-Flowers, our sponsor. Every year, the holidays remind us that our friends and loved ones mean everything. On their birthdays, anniversaries, go above and beyond with a beautiful bouquet of autumn roses from 1-800-Flowers.com. Stu, how far away are... What is even the date? Is it the 7th? What is the date today? The 8th? Uh, we are so close to Thanksgiving. What, what the heck? How does this happen? Um, well, there's a calendar. 24-hour cycles go. <laughs> Shut up. I can't believe we are so close to Thanksgiving. Now, if you want to celebrate, you know, somebody's birthday or anniversary just because, or if you want to send something nice because the family is going to, you know, not be at the uh, the Thanksgiving Day table, the autumn roses are out. They're beautiful, and 1-800-Flowers has the best way to send them. 1-800-Flowers has an exclusive 36 for 36 offer. That is 36 autumn roses for 36 bucks. That's a dollar per rose. That ain't going to last long. Bouquet of autumn roses, the perfect gift. It's for fall and Thanksgiving celebrations. Autumn roses from 1-800-Flowers.com. Picked at their peak. 36 for 36. Do it now. 1-800-Flowers.com. 1-800-Flowers.com. Click on the radio icon and enter the promo code back. It's 1-800-Flowers.com. Offer ends Friday. Glenn Beck. So here is what I take from this. And Bill O'Reilly is going to be up with us in about an hour. Here's what I take. There was no blue wave. It is the cities versus the rural areas of America and the rural areas are becoming more red and the cities are becoming more blue. Trump is not on his last legs. However, if the economy falls apart in the next two years, he may be Democrats, however, are in trouble for 2020 Bernie, um, you know, Cory Booker, the democratic socialist thing that did not deliver. You can say all you want about Ocasio-Cortez. She's in what, Brooklyn? Of course that works. Of course that works. It didn't work anyplace else. Look for a push of, uh, to end the electoral college in the next two years because we have a divided America. Congress is now dysfunctional. You'll find investigations. Today, at least, the stock market likes this. The Democrats may put their masks back on. I don't think they can. I think they've let this genie out of the bottle, and I don't think the Democratic Socialists are going anywhere. Democrats are losing voters in the middle of America and in the rural areas. They are completely, they're they're just, they're not a force. And here's why. Because they've gone to extreme. The middle of America does not want to abolish ICE. It's also not racist, and that's very important. But let me just use ICE as the example. That is too radical for the average American in middle America. The polarization pushed by the Democratic Party on race and everything else is too extreme to be sustainable for the Democrats. Now, the other thing we learn is Texas is not purple, but it is purplish it's beginning it's a light 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 purple blue or a light purple red it's just starting to turn 
Um, and there's a lot of caveats to that. But Texas is changing. The Romney Republican districts, they went for the Democrats. So anywhere these moderate districts were, the the Republicans are also going too far for the suburban areas. So Democrats go too far for the middle of the country in rural areas, and the Republicans are going too far for the moderate Romney areas, because wherever Romney was elected uh, or, or voted for, uh, I believe, went, generally speaking, for the Democrats. So their polarization of things like that this is an invasion, and I think this is all a spin for the most part, but no ice and a Muslim ban. Those are the two extremes, and they are too extreme for the suburbans and also for the rural areas. So the path that both the Republicans and the Democrats are on currently, as of last night, are unsustainable. But the Republicans are in a little better shape for the short term. But the makeup of America is changing so what does this mean for 2020? It means if the economy stays stable and all things remain as they are, Trump will win 2020 because they do not have somebody who is moderate. Now, this is where it gets frightening. If they decide to put their masks back on, they can win. And let me explain. If you notice, black women... Uh, Muslim women, just women, uh, gay, uh, uh, you know, politicians, they won. They won. But generally speaking, they were not the ones who were like, and, you know, there I want to put a gay in every household. You know, I mean, they were not the crazy crazies. So what's what, what I think this means is just signaling that you are a gay woman is enough if you stay moderate in your speak who you are represents change and that would be enough to push you over the edge welcome to the program i am so glad that you have uh, tuned in today we have pat gray joining us now how are you feeling uh, about last night Pat? i feel pretty good about it i you know not great but pretty good i i really feel good about the lamentation of msnbc and cnn i love that <laughs> that just feels good you know to me. i just that's wrong of me i know but i know it just i know feels but good I, for I, a day i'm i'm good with it yeah today. i'm just really gonna be am. okay with gloating a little bit today. yeah and it's not that we have anything to gloat. I mean, we didn't hold the house. Right. However, right, right. it wasn't the bloodshed. And there are a couple of really bright spots. Mm-hmm. The Democratic Socialists did not make a dent. Which is fantastic. Fantastic. The, the only one who won was Ocasio-Cortez. Right. She was and the only one. I have to tell you, I can deal with Democrats. Mm-hmm. If America starts embracing Democratic Socialists who are saying... The Constitution needs to be redone. They were they were talking in this campaign about getting rid of the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how crazy this and was. They will. They will. There will. I mean, they'll also try to get rid of the Electoral College before the next election. Yeah, they will. They have to. That's a big deal. They to have to. They have to. Uh, they think they win every single election if it's just the popular vote. That's right. what they think. Well, that's but that's, that's why they why, want. 
That's why our founders didn't do it. Right. Because that always fails because you have a minority. And here's what's really important to understand. The center of the country should not dictate for, you know, what the cities have to do. And the cities shouldn't dictate to the center of the country. We have the electoral college. So no one slim majority gets away with oppressing the minority. But that's also only one of the stop gaps. The other is don't federalize everything. Right. If it's not federalized, I don't care. And the cities don't care because the cities can do what they want and the states can do what they want. Period. Yeah. It's kind of a brilliant system, but nobody wants to look at it. There's a reason it's lasted this long. So the the idea with uh, Gillum uh, losing and... Uh, uh, who is the governor in uh, Texas or in, uh, sorry, in uh, Georgia, Georgia, Brian Kemp is now the governor. Yeah. The, the other one was, uh, are uh, you talking about her? His yeah, opponent, yeah, Stacey opponent. Abrams, oh, Stacey yeah. Abrams for her to lose. And especially with the added extra sugar on top of Oprah campaigning. Yeah. Just yeah. makes it wonderful she, uh, abrams is not yet conceded apparently she wants a do-over she thinks there should be a do-over for the vote and i'm not sure how think, that works i don't think i don't think that's constitutional that. i call do-over uh, <laughs> i don't think that's a thing huh? uh, so the other thing I, I think is you know pretty great is today i am not eating my underwear yes uh, i feel really good about that did you hear really the moment nbc announced and called it I, I just on your guys' show. It was fantastic. Oh, can we play it? Can we play it again? I just love just the silence. Silence. They just don't know what to do. <laughs> here, here, here it is. This is the moment NBC called it for Cruz. Hey guys, I got to interrupt. In the re-election, no, we have a that. we have a big call. This is out of Texas. NBC News is projecting Ted Cruz will return to the Senate from Texas, and Republicans will be guaranteed control <laughs> of the Senate as a result. <laughs> Hello, guys. Is anybody... That's Chris Hayes who is in El Paso. <laughs> it took, stop. I just love that. It took six seconds for a response. <laughs> That's an eternity on broadcast television. I love that. It's an eternity. They're and just it's... stunned. They don't know what to do. Right, and they will not self-reflect so no they will not they will not and that's a good thing probably because we'll beat them again because of it you know they will never figure out what the american people actually because they don't really care they don't care they don't care they think they are smarter Mm -hmm. than the rest of the country and that's the problem that's the problem you think you're smarter that is what progressivism we're smarter you're a cow i'm a rancher just get into the pen and just, no, just go up the ramp. Yes, we're going to shoot you in the head in a few minutes. Just just go on the ramp. You're a cow. That's the way it really, that's the way they view things. Mm-hmm. You're too stupid to be able to figure things out. And so when you go against what they are planning, they just think you're a monster or just so stupid that we need to regulate you even more. Yep, and that's why they will continue to lose. I hope. I mean, it, it, the the second they win with those attitudes is the second I think America uh, is over. Now, uh, Gavin Newsom, the guy who brought poop to the streets of San Francisco, 
uh, is now uh, now able to bring poop to all of California. And uh, oh, good. And I think that's fantastic. Good. I think that's fantastic. I didn't notice that. Did he win? He's yeah, governor. He's, he's the governor. Oh, wow. Now. You went from Jerry Brown wow, to, to Gavin, Gavin Newsom. Newsom. That's really bad. Can you imagine the guy who did this to San Francisco? You bring that on? Oh, man. When will Californians learn? They won't. No, and then no, they and won't. then they'll their state will continue to deteriorate, and they'll continue to leave it. I know I'm not supposed to gloat, but it just makes me happy when I think <laughs> of all of the the effort that Hollywood put into this. Oh yeah, I mean they oh. just they, Hollywood is on a suicide watch to take all of the shoestrings and belts away from every celebrity. In California, they were all in on Beto. All they were in. so invested in him, and so last night the Alyssa Milanas of the world and and somebody named Busy Phillips. Do you know who that is, Stu? I, Busy Phillips. Busy Phillips. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that never. Anyway, um, Phillips, but they're very busy. It's just it's <laughs> Phil, but they so busy. busy they've busy. all pivoted now to just 2020. Okay, well, Beto lost, but that's okay. He'll just run for president in 2020. I mean, he is in that window. We talked about this before yes. the election. He yes. got close enough that it doesn't completely He is disqualify. in that window. Yeah, he's within yeah. four. They came within four, uh, three points. It's just that's a, shocking um, to me. It's I a matter of whether it. he wants to now. Yeah, he said, of course, yesterday he, says he would no, not. But, but I mean, they always say no. He's gonna, of course, he's going <laughs> to. Yes, he's going to run. But here's the thing. What the Democrats should do, and I hate to say this out loud, but they're not listening. Um, what the Democrats should do are run more candidates like Beto. Beto is a guy who's who's saying uh, all the right things. Look, I'm just for common sense, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And he's extreme. He's extreme. He's so extreme. If you can find those candidates mm-hmm. that will, for instance, um, cinema, she is as extreme as they come. Yet she was saying on the campaign trail, no, 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 we've got to do something about these borders. Right. Well, her something is not the something that I think people in Arizona were looking for. But she was playing the moderate. Mm -hmm. When you play the moderate, you can win. Even Abrams in uh, Georgia was saying, as she's talking about confiscating guns from people, I look. I'm all about the Second Amendment. I'm just talking about common sense legislation here, right? No, you're not. Right. You're talking about, but but, but it that's works what with people. Keep, yes, works. that's what kept it close. Right. That's what kept it close. Yep. So if they do that and they they put the mask back on, it's going to make our jobs a lot more difficult because then they're going to go, oh, conspiracy. Theory. He's mm-hmm. just a racist for saying that we want to come for all of your guns. No, that's what you're saying. And they're and they're still trying to get away with that, even though people are actually uh, taking the mask off. Like you predicted they were going to. They have. Many of them have. Uh, you know, you, you think about uh, Jim Carrey's appearance a few weeks ago on uh, Bill Maher, where he was talking about uh, socialism. And Bill Maher was like, Hey, don't play into their hands with that, Jim, because uh, they're using that conspiracy theory against us. And he's like, what do you mean? I think we should embrace it. Embrace the word and all of it. We are socialists. Let's just be socialists. It's better. No, it's not. Wow. Yeah, it's That's not. pretty amazing. And that, okay, I can fight you on that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can argue about that. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. If you think socialism is better. Let's go. Let's go toe-to-toe. Prove it. On the facts. Yeah. It's, you know, there's yeah. a difference between socialized <laughs> medicine, which does not work, 
and we can talk about the facts. There's a difference between socialized medicine and what Canada is. Canada is a capitalist nation. Mm -hmm. It is not a socialist state. It is a capitalist nation with a giant welfare state. Same with Europe. That's different. It's still not good, but it's different than what the Democratic Socialists are saying. And the problem is, is for the Democrats, is the Democratic Socialists took their masks off and they literally were. I mean, I'm I'm amazed, amazed that they would actually say. And you know what? The Senate just doesn't work. We need to abolish the Senate. (laughs) It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, that goes beyond what we've, what you were, I think even what you were saying about them taking the mask off. Oh, yeah. No, I would never never think they'd do that. No way. They would say, you know, capitalism just doesn't work. That's what I said. Yeah. This capitalist system just doesn't work. Right. Never would I believe they would go so far to say the system doesn't work. The system, the Constitution doesn't work, and we need to abolish the Senate. That's so far over the edge. And only people like Ocasio-Cortez can get away with that because she's talking to a very small number of people in her district. Yeah. So, yeah, you can get that small number in her district, but you cannot get America on board for that. Let's hope not, because the minute they can, then it is over. It's not so America the minute anymore. they can, I will tell you the minute that they will do it. The day the economy collapses. Yeah, right. If the economy yeah. collapses, then please, we're in trouble. All bets are off. Please, Donald Trump, please, Mr. President, I beg you, please listen to your advisors. The trade war is your biggest. It will be your downfall. If you don't stop the trade war, that gets any worse and it's going to kill the economy and you will not win without the economy. Please, Mr. President, stop with the trade war. Thanks, Pat. I want to talk to you a little bit about Relief Factor. Relief Factor is uh, really a miracle for me. In fact, I haven't... Here it is. I haven't taken them yet. I take these every day. They look like... Um, uh, I hate those uh, fish, that fish oil crap. No. That's what it looks like, but it doesn't... You don't burp fish all day, which is very nice. Um, this is a 100% natural product. Uh, there's, It's completely uh, drug-free, and uh, it it reduces inflammation, which is why I... I took it. I was at the end of my rope with pain. I couldn't take medicine from the doctor. I just don't want that. It's poison. I didn't believe this stuff would work, but my wife convinced me, take it for three weeks. That's what the commercial says. Take it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, you don't have to order anymore. I am not doing this commercial because they're paying me to do this commercial. I'm doing this commercial because I believe in this product. It has worked for me. It can reduce your pain naturally. 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start are just like me. They go on to order more month after month after month. So if you want your life back, this is the way to do it. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Welcome to the uh, program. Let me go to Will real quick in uh, Georgia. 
Hello, Will. Hey, Glenn. It's an honor to talk to you, sir. Thank uh, I was you. calling to uh, discuss the governor's race here in Georgia. They actually haven't officially called that race yet. Stacey right. Abrams is refusing to concede that. Right. Um, but I wanted to comment on Google's impact on the election. Yesterday, Google was running uh, two primary ads on the search engine page. One was for vote for Stacey Abrams, the Democrat, and then the other was uh, Kemp can't be trusted, uh, obviously a negative ad against Brian Kemp, the Republican. And I did almost a dozen searches just to research, and every single one of them, no matter what the iteration or search terms, it was biased towards the Democratic candidate. And I'm very familiar with, um, I'm very active in the IP technology world and extremely intimate with Google's technology. And people need to start waking up of the bias and the impact that, it, that Google is having on just day-to-day life, let alone these big elections. They are having a huge impact, and nobody gets it. You're exactly right, Will. Thank you so much for your call. If you don't understand this or don't believe it, please go to thecreepyline.com, thecreepyline.com. That is actually something that uh, one of the executives at Google said uh, at one point. No, you know, there's a creepy line, and we'll come right up to that line, but we'll never cross it. And they have, and it's, it's truly amazing that none of us know how we're being manipulated. So Stu is not as excited as I am. Uh, no, um, I, I can see, you know, like there's an idea that the worst case scenario could have happened and you avoided it. So that's, I think, I think a positive. Um, but again, if you, if you care about smaller government and lower regulations and lower yeah. taxes and getting things done yeah, today is worse than yesterday. Yeah. And so, I mean, celebration does not seem like the mode. I think you avoided the worst case scenario, which is obviously great, but you know, a moral victory is different than a victory. Mm-hmm. You play to win the game. To mm-hmm. quote Tony no, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's an idea of, and I, I was last night I said, ex- exceeding expectations is different than winning. And I think that, that we, even though they feel the same, sometimes they're different. Though, I mean, I think as we're looking at this now, I don't know that you can argue they exceeded expectations. I mean, it looks as if, I mean, we did an election preview on, on the Glenn Beck mm-hmm. program on Monday, mm-hmm. and which we said uh, uh, 52 seats in the Senate. Right now, there are three si- si- uh, seats that are undecided. It looks like uh, Arizona, there's a good chance that McSally holds on there. Looks like Montana may very well go to Tester. And completely too close to call in Florida right now. I really could go either way. Got to be probably a recount there. Um, depending on which way that Florida goes, it's going to be 52 or 53 seats. So they, they were right in line with expectations mm-hmm. there. The polls, as far as the House go, uh, we, was a, a moderate. Vic, we talked about this a moderate amount of House uh, seats for Democrats sure. and a win for Democrats. It's exactly what they did. I mean, it really was exactly about expectations. I think the Republicans were so fearful of that wave and dumb candidates like Beto winning and things like that. Those outlier things that didn't wind up happening um, and Gillum. um, It it was exciting because you're like, all right, well, those terrible things we were worried about didn't happen. But it wasn't. I don't think you can argue this is a win. I, I agree. I just am happy that America rejected the Democratic Socialists. Uh, and I am uh, yeah, I'm happy, happy for the sad times at the networks. <laughs> right, yes, <me> too. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to take that as a win today. Bill O'Reilly's next. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is the news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. Patriot Mobile is um, is a is a phone service 
uh, that will give you all of the great coverage that you that you want. They're just not going to take the money seconds. from you uh, and then invest that in uh, causes that you don't believe in, like Planned Parenthood. Patriot Mobile actually is going to let you invest your money into the causes that you believe in. But most of these cells could sell companies. They they give all kinds of money to crazy, crazy causes that you work hard against. It's true. Why do that? Uh, you can go with Patriot Mobile. They were created to solve that problem. They're the only conservative cell phone company in, in America. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. Get started today. When you use the offer code Blaze, they're going to waive the activation fee for up to two lines. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or 1-800-A-PATRIOT is the place to go. Glenn Beck. Mr. Bill O'Reilly who I spent far too much time with uh, last night. Welcome welcome to the program, Bill. I'm here, Beck. I am up early and ready to go. Uh, now, uh, Bill, what are your, what, what's your initial thought uh, from what happened last night? Well, I think that President Trump um, has to basically rethink his confrontational strategy for the next year in the sense that he has to go on a charm offensive. Mm -hmm. You know what I do every day on BillOReilly.com? I'm I'm very charming and engaging and charismatic. Not really. No. Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Stu might be able to explain it to you. Right. Okay. So um, the reason that the Republicans lost the House wasn't because of Republican policies. Everybody should understand that. If it were, they would have lost the Senate, too, because the Senate is a more important body. Mm -hmm. So people weren't voting because they didn't like Trump's economic plan or they didn't like uh, the North Korean thing or the trade thing. They were voting because they didn't like him. All right. They don't like we don't like you. And that were primarily um, women voters, not men. Men broke for him. But women, we don't, we don't like you. You're too much. It's too antagonistic. That's a lesson I think the president should learn. He hinted at it yesterday um, and said, well, maybe I'll soften it up a little. He should. Now, that doesn't mean he becomes a wuss. It doesn't mean he takes a lot of garbage from the press, which is flat-out dishonest. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means he picks his battles a little bit more mm-hmm. and he maybe de-emphasizes the personal nature of immigration and and gets into hey do you want anarchy do you want a country that has no law yeah. but he, he diminishes the fact that they come from guatemala and mexico see what i'm talking about yeah i, I think, think I, I i think it's his his personal attacks and and you know what i said earlier today the the thing that both sides should take take away is the extreme uh, polarization is not good. The, yeah, but the, the left's never going to do that. In no, fact, I know the that. left's going to fall into a trap. So when these crazy uh, bomb-throwing Congress people get power, like Nadler and Schiff and Pelosi, they're going to start to misbehave, Beck. Misbehave. All right? And that's going to help Trump and the Republicans. Because nobody wants chaos when they're trying to earn a living. Remember that what I just said. Nobody wants chaos when they're trying to earn a living. All right? 
Now, if these people, oh, we want to see his tax thing, or we want to see uh, where he does his hair, and then well, uh, impeachment, which is never going to happen. Everybody knows it's not going to happen because the Senate is now firmly in the hands of the Republicans. So why even bothering with this exercise? Because you want to create chaos, and nobody wants chaos when they're trying to make a living. So those people in the, in the far left, if they're going to do that, they're almost assuring that President Trump will win in 2020 and the Republicans will regain the House. Well, I think Nancy Pelosi is really got her back up against the wall here because she said immediately last night, we are not going to impeach. I mean, unless the Republicans want to join us, and I don't no, think that's going to happen. Pelosi is not stupid. Right. However, she may, she may be way misguided and she knows just what I said is true. But here's the problem. Forty one percent of the people who went out and voted last night, which had to be almost every Democrat, forty one percent all said they wanted the president to be impeached. So how do you get the House and then take the let's just say 10 percent of that base that is very radical and put that genie back into the bottle and be normal? Um. I don't know, Jeannie. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. I don't know what you said. How do you how do you put how do you how do you uh, contain? I think you ignore them, Beck. If you're not. the Democratic leadership, you learn a couple of things from last night. Number one, the radical left is not going to bring you power in this country. The big winners, as we said in TV last night, and by the way, I have a question for you and Stu as Texans, and i got to get to that, so just keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. But the big thing that we said on TV last night is Joe Biden's a big winner because he's the most well-known moderate Democrat, and the country doesn't want Spartacus. They don't want Gillum. Mm -hmm. They don't want these socialists, mm-hmm. and that should be very apparent to everybody. And the uh, the democratic structure now shifts into presidential gear. We got to beat him in 2020. So Biden knows it. Biden is like Mr. Diplomat this morning. I, I'm, I'm using a soundbite on BillOReilly.com tonight. Oh, oh, no, we have to come back to civility, and we have to be there, we have to be that. Now, Bloomberg is, is also going to run as a moderate Democrat with a lot of money, much more money than Biden has. But Bloomberg is New York-centric. Nobody really knows Nobody's going to vote for Bloomberg. Road. Bloomberg is not a guy who could win. He's just not. Okay. I kind of agree with that, but he's going to throw all kinds of bombs into the Democratic machine mm-hmm. because he's got so much money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't dismiss him because everybody said that about Trump. Bloomberg is like the Democratic version of Trump in a much different personality mode. But he doesn't need anybody's money. He's a billionaire. But he's Somebody not. But wait a minute. Here's he the, wants. There's a huge difference. Um, Donald Trump was a personality that was in everybody's house. I mean, the the apprentice really set him up to be the president of the United States. He was in everybody's house. He was generally trusted. Um, They knew him. They liked his, you know, bombastic style. Nobody knows Bloomberg in the center of the country, and he's just not a likable guy. He's just not. He doesn't want you to drink soda. I know, which makes him a very unlikable guy. So all the Dr. Pepper drinkers aren't going to vote for him. 
Now, I got questions for you. All right. So, Cruz wins by what? Three? Three yes, percent? shocking. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, what's going on in Texas? Tell me what's going on. Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, uh, Ted Cruz um, screwed up and, and betrayed, I think, both sides of the conservative movement. He was a never-Trumper. Uh, who said and had every reason, you know, my dad killed Kennedy. Um, you I know. didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I, I, did, I didn't know. No, it. I didn't know that. So all of these crazy things that were said about him and he was strong and he took a strong principled stance. Now, the time to say, OK, you know what? That was during the election is at the convention. And so at the convention, he decided to not endorse Donald Trump, which pissed off all of the Donald Trump people. Then in the shadows, he decides to endorse Donald Trump out of the spotlight. So he gets none of the credit. He gets all of the blame for not endorsing him. And then he comes and endorses him. And so he pissed off all of the other side. He's also very wooden. Now, those are the things about Ted Cruz that were happening here in Texas. What you also have to take into consideration is you have, you know, uh, Pinocchio, the wooden boy, and you have this guy, you know, what was his name? Uh, the, the, you know, the boy that came and, you know, took him down with the donkeys. Uh, you have that guy in Beto who everybody, he's fun in games and he skateboards, skateboards and everybody likes him. And 70 million dollars that's not that's not counting all of the hollywood love and all of the money that has come into this state in the last four years just to change it to blue there is a huge effort you think it's a one-off no cruise uh just didn't run a his, his um profile as a senator well and this is an anomaly no i don't i think that i think that this is uh, two things, an anomaly and a very early sign that if Texans don't wake up and the Republicans don't wake up, you're going to be looking at a California by 2024. Um, very good analysis. I don't think I don't think Texans will ever go the way of California because I lived there for a couple of years and there's a real strain of independence mm-hmm. there. D- Bill, you don't want you're right. government down their throats you, like you have in California every time you turn around. You are right, but I lived here in the 80s, I lived here in the 90s, and I lived here I live here now. It is not the same place it was in not the 80s changing. and 90s. There's a lot of people coming in for economic reasons. Yes. Um, but do they want, you know, the the taxes to follow them there? Yes, they don't um, they don't get it. Yes, they're from California. Yeah, well, they voted for it in the first place. Right. <laughs> um, the, other, the other thing that I want to note is that the power in America to change our society lies with judges. Mm-hmm. And since the Republicans have, have increased, remember, you're not going to have a John McCain, Obamacare situation anymore. Not going to have a Jeff Flake, all that, Susan Collins, not going to have it anymore. Uh, the comfortable margin, so Trump will get more judges appointed. He's already a re- on a record-breaking um, scheme of getting judges, and the judges are going to put the brakes on the politically correct society. And that is, is like been overlooked. Byron York had a very good column today in a Washington mm-hmm. Examiner mm-hmm. saying that the real power to change America 
lies with judges. Shouldn't be that way, but he's right. He's right. Yeah. So everybody thinks, well, Supreme Court, you know, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, suddenly moves to Argentina, as I've been encouraging her to do, um, <laughs> there'll be another appointment. But it's not. A, it's about the lower court federal judges that are appointed by Trump, and the Senate has to okay them. And I will now. I, I will tell that's you, like, come on in here. Right. That that is the real thing that uh, Ted Cruz and Mike Lee need credit for. Uh, Donald Trump. Uh, One of the reasons why I think Ted Cruz and I don't know, but one of the reasons why I think Ted Cruz, you know, kind of cozied up to him is because he saw if I cozy up to him, I I can help with the judges. And he and Mike Lee kind of given the keys uh, uh, to daddy's car. And they have they have designed Trump's uh, lower court judge policies and and the list that he picks from. And they've done a remarkable job on that. Yeah, because that should give every traditional American hope that this nutty, crazy, socialist, PC, Me Too, all of this stuff, no due process, hang you on an allegation, that can be stopped by the courts. One final question for you and Stu. Is Stu still there, by the way? I'm still. I'm waiting for your next question, Bill. Okay. Did Trump save Cruz with the Houston thing? Did he save him? I tend to think the answer to that is no. I think he would have won anyway. I mean, if you look at, you know, to your point earlier, Bill, I mean, you know, Greg Abbott, who's also ran against someone very similar in policy to Beto O'Rourke, beat uh, his opponent by 13 or 14 uh, for governor. I think really Beto just caught that wave and all that money and all the excitement. Mm-hmm. And Cruz, you know, I mean, for I, li- I like Cruz a lot. I think he's a, I think he's done a really good job as a he senator. And I like his voting record. He has, but he's not the greatest candidate in the universe. And I think that those two things, even with even with that perfect storm, they still could only get within three points. Uh, okay. So I don't think that was the difference, though. Certainly didn't hurt. I mean, I think there it was definitely helpful, and yeah. the fact that both of those guys have been able to get over whatever they had going on in the primaries, you know, it's probably a good thing for the Republican Party. It is, if not, yeah, it I is. Think, I think uh, come last night on TV, Beck had a tie on and a jacket. If if everybody, I hope you saw that. It was very impressive. That's why people tuned into um, the coverage. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, more close. An excellent point by saying that the alternative media last night. Okay, BillOReilly.com, The Blaze, we were uh, talking with CRTV, we were talking with Newsmax. Daily Wire. Much better, much better than the uh, rooters in the establishment media, which were boring and didn't tell you anything. Yep. Bill, thank you very much. I appreciate it, brother. We'll see you Friday, right? You got it. You got it. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. I want to expand on that point. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes from now. But I also want Stu to expand on on his analysis of what happened last night and what it really means. We'll do that coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. <clears throat> we are um, we're in a uh, we're in a time that anything could happen yesterday. And I, I think this has now been answered. I hope I think I saw space dot com. They said, no, it is just some sort of giant rock. But NBC reported, NBC reported that two um, uh, scientists at Harvard said that they thought this giant, not an asteroid, not a comet, this giant thing that came from out of our solar system just winged around the sun and is coming back. And they said that they 
it accelerated as it started to go around the sun, which is unusual. And they said they thought, believe it or not, they thought that this was an alien probe. I know, I know. But it was on NBC News and Harvard. Uh, it, it's like, wait, what? Nobody would be surprised. That's that's really my point. No one would be surprised if aliens all of a sudden were just hanging out over New York City. We'd be like, huh, well, I didn't see that one coming today. Our lives are so upside down. Anything could happen. Please prepare so you don't have to worry about your family, especially for disasters like fire or tornadoes or floods or snowstorms, hurricanes. My Patriot Supply, My Patriot Supply, they have helped over a million hardworking Americans become more self-reliant. They have emergency food kits. They have gravity-powered water filtration systems. It's all at MyPatriotSupply.com. So no matter what we face, we face it together. Be self-reliant. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. We go to uh, Stu, get a little bit of his analysis here on what happened last night and what it means and also possible recounts. Oh, dear God, in Florida again. Yeah, uh, there's actually three races that are not yet decided uh, in the Senate. Florida is one of them. Uh, you know, Rick Scott was not supposed to win this race. He was an underdog by a few points. He uh, has taken a lead and went into last night with a lead. What we see here is there's about, they think, about a little over 100,000 votes still left to count. Um, And they are almost exclusively from blue areas. Uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, um, uh, others. The issue of this is right now, the, 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 you know, I mean, we're 34,000 votes split right now. So... The estimate from uh, from the New York Times is that there is a that Nelson leads by 25 points among the votes that would be counted if it if it continues the way it's been going. That would put uh, Scott as a slight slight favorite. They say 52 percent. So I mean we're in the middle of a complete toss up election after the election, and uh, already Nelson is saying uh, we're going for a recount. So that one, I would not expect to get an answer on that one either way for a while. So I just put behind you, I just took it out of uh, our vault. Uh, this is uh, this is one of the lovely hanging Chad uh, voting booths from Florida <laughs> from in 2000. 2000. Mm. Uh, this is one of the, remember when they were looking at it, that is behind you, one of the, the actual voting booths uh, that they had, which is crazy. Yeah, very crazy. So also in New York, uh, in Arizona, uh, there are, it looks to be, um, uh, there's still 546,000 votes to be counted in Arizona um, as an estimate. They do believe that McSally, who currently leads by uh, about 15 or 16,000 votes, should hold on. Uh, they have her as a 60% favorite, um, although, again, very close. They think that the 546,000 votes spread out across the state are almost exactly even. Um, from where they are now. So she shouldn't lose too much of that margin if this thing holds. McSally will hold that race. It's very close, though. Again, 52% and 60%. These are toss-up races after the elections already occurred, which is really an amazing thing. The last one is Montana. And, you know, I think if you kind of look at... If you look at the vote count right now, you might be optimistic if you're a Republican. You'll see um, Rosendale leads by about 3,000 votes. Uh, the problem with this is there are still about 100,000 votes left to count, and 
they estimates are most of them are from Missoula. Um, so the estimates are the tester leads that vote by about 20 points. If that's true, he will win the race. In fact, they're much more confident in that than either of the other two races. They gave uh, uh, tester an 89% chance to pull this one out. Uh, now, mm. again, it's still going to be incredibly close. This happened to tester two elections ago as well, an incredibly close race that he somehow pulled off. But if, it's interesting. If these go, if they all go to the Republicans, you'd get to, I think it's 50, uh, 53, 53 or 54. Um, if they don't go to the Republicans, you could go down to 52. It's in that area, though. Between 50, 53 is the most likely outcome, uh, they believe, which is right around what we, we expected, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, going in. Uh, so we'll see how those three shake out. They're still big deals, though. So what does this mean to you for the future? Next. Glenn Beck. Mercury. There have been three major wave elections um, in the you know last uh, fifty years. They you know if you look at uh, nineteen ninety four wave election, two thousand six and two thousand ten were wave elections. They were expecting this to be a wave election, but it is it was not a wave election. Um, it, the Democrats did well, and as um, uh, as a, there's a great story by Leon Wolf, uh, who's the managing editor at the blaze on the right now, where he says, um, if you are a United States Senator from one of the states, uh, that were red and you voted against Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation to the Supreme court, you got punished for that vote with the loss of your Senate seat. While some Democrats may attempt to claim that other factors were at play in the GOP surprise victories over incumbents in Florida, Missouri, Montana, Indiana, blah, blah, blah. There's no escaping the facts. Democrats who actually cast a vote against Kavanaugh drastically underperformed compared to the Democrats in the rest of the country. Um, He's making the case that if that the actions with Kavanaugh at the end where they came back and said, Here's Blasey Ford, that Dr. Ford and the way the Democrats handled that is the reason he said he makes the case. And I'd love to hear your opinion of this, that if that wouldn't have happened, the Democrats may have lost both houses, uh, both chambers, the Senate and Republicans, the Republicans would have lost the House uh, and the Senate last night. Yeah, I fully agree that that was a disaster for them uh, because they, you know, you had a combination of factors at play. You had, you know, the idea that they were going to do anything they could to stop Kavanaugh. You know, that was a that was a big part of it. A big part of the theory behind what they did with Kavanaugh was delay this as long as we can, uh, stop Kavanaugh in any way possible, no matter what we have to say. If we do that, we have a chance to win the Senate, and then we can stop it for all time. That was their hope at the very beginning. Then, a combination with another incentive of a bunch of 2020 potential candidates that need to signal to the far, far, far left they'll do anything to win. That's why you had Spartacus up there saying, hey, I'll break the rules. I'm telling you right now, I'm breaking the law, but I don't care. This is too important. They all had to virtue signal to their you know, extremes to try to get in the right place to win in 2020. Mm. So you put those two things together. Uh, you know, it wound up being they went so far that the American people couldn't stand it. Now, one one minor thing is I think Tester probably will get through in Montana. He probably will win. 
if that does happen, he'd be the one exception to that rule because mm-hmm. he did also vote against Kavanaugh. But we said this right the next day. Heidkamp and Manchin locked in their, uh, in their elections with those votes. Heidkamp voting no and Manchin voting yes locked in both of those results. Heidkamp lost, Manchin won as Democrats. You, you called this race. If Nelson, uh, if the uh, uh, Nelson race falls apart, and it's flipped as we think it may. It may. That, may. One's, that one's total toss-up. Still 50-50 shot of what could happen. In that uh, you will be 100% accurate on what, what you Oh, called. yeah, all the Senate races this time. I mean, you know, you never know when these things go. It's nice for one of them to go your way sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's we predicted 52 seats. Right now, if Scott can hold on, when he's razor-thin margin, he's going to go to a recount, it would be 53 seats. But we're you know right about there. Same thing with the House. We predicted high 20s. Um, as far as losses go for uh, the House, which would have given Democrat control, it did happen, although it looks like it's going to be more like 34 seats uh, for Republicans to lose in the House. So it's slightly, slightly worse in the House, slightly better in the Senate is what looks like it's going to come out, although the Senate might be exact. Uh, you know, the polls did really well here. I, mean, I don't know if people are going to go back and look at that. I mean, there are certain races where there was a, an odd error. Like, for example, I'll give you Indiana, which looked like a pure toss-up going into the race and was a blowout, really. I mean, it was a surprising blowout. Um, but most, most, generally speaking, over all of them, they did actually very well this time. I don't know a single person in Texas that is a Republican that believed the poll of within three points for Ted yeah. Cruz. I don't know a single person, and that's exactly what it was. I was surprised on that one, too. I mean, yeah. I, I really thought that was going to be five or six. I know there's some people who thought, you know... You, I thought it was over 10. Yeah, I mean, it could have been... It, I wouldn't have been shocked if it was. It no. was for Greg Abbott, right? Yeah. He won by 14 for governor. Um, you know, if you look back at history, we, I went back and looked at the last uh, four... I think it was 14... Yeah, it was 14 midterm elections. Last 14 midterm elections going back to Kennedy. Um, the Republicans lost more House uh, seats than 10 of those elections so it's on a on the worst side of a midterm as far as the house goes it's not it wasn't a good outcome per se in, in but it house. wasn't a wave like it definitely instance, was not a wave 10,000 in, in 2010 yeah that was a wave that was a wave that was a wave and this had all of the momentum of a wave and certainly this, if you watch the media you thought it was oh be a wave. sure they this had, had everything and it also had the turnout in 2010 yeah. 96 million americans turned out 2014 83 million turned out Yesterday, 113 yeah. million Americans turned out for a midterm. Uh, this this should have been <clears throat> a wave, uh, but it was a wave really on both sides. And both and, sides engaged. And that's what's interesting here is I think um, if you look at the models, uh, you know, people who are uh, modeling this out, they all predicted high turnout. This exceeded even their highest turnout predictions. So that's how big of a deal this was. And I think to your original point, that's the reason. Going into this election one or two months ago, you had an incredibly passionate Democratic base. And you had a, eh, Republican base. They would have showed up. They would have, they would have won some elections. They would, you know, I don't know, would Beto have won? I don't think so. Um, but maybe he would have. It would have been maybe. closer. Um, but what Kavanaugh made it so both sides felt like that. Both sides felt like this was incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Both sides were highly motivated. And that why is why it was such a massive miscalculation and also completely evil to c- accuse someone of gang rape when he wasn't uh, when he wasn't guilty of it. So we'll set that aside for a moment. Mm-hmm. But just the politics of it, an incredible mistake. 
you know, Michael Avenatti uh, is got to be the uh, he is never going to get love from any Democrat ever again. I but it Diane. wasn't just him. It was Kamala think, Harris. It was Cory Booker. It was Diane Feinstein. It was Diane Feinstein. She is. I think she is. I mean, it was her office mm-hmm. that that the leak came from. Yep. It was her office that they contacted. She was the architect of that. If there is anyone directly responsible for the loss for the Democrats, it's Diane Feinstein. And then it's Kamala Harris and Cory Booker uh, and uh, what's her name? The Gillibrand, uh, Linda Sarsour. Oh, God. oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the crazies around. And quite honestly, the media, the media and the way they dogpiled on that thing that just set a fire under a lot of Americans yeah. who said, this is absolutely unfair. I think this is something that happens to people all the time. It's not exclusive to politicians or Democrats or anything. When you really feel like things are going your way and everything's on your side, it's when you're vulnerable to big mistakes. Yep. And you, you just... And this is a huge this one. This is a huge one. I mean, yep. the, you know, again, the Senate, they could they had a shot at the Senate. There was a time, I think, before Kavanaugh, I think they had a legitimate shot at yep. the Senate, though they still yep. would have been the underdogs because of the structure of it. It mm-hmm. was an uphill climb for Democrats the entire time here. Mm-hmm. But they, they could have had a, a gigantic... 60 70 80 seat type of wave election in the house mm-hmm. uh, without without the Kavanaugh thing I mean they just played that so horribly and were so disconnected with the basic goodness and logic of, of the typical American you know you don't like people we're in a in a world where we'll accept some level of stretching the truth we watch advertising all the yeah, time. Yeah, we, we get know that. It. We know but it. you can't completely disconnect from logic, and from, 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 uh, from a process, uh, from due process, and from just general goodness. You can't accuse a guy of gang no. rape you, you, without any evidence. It's different even if you're accusing, like, you know, calling a whole you know, race of people, all white people are racist. That's pretty despicable. But to single one person out and go on a witch hunt like mm-hmm. they did with Kavanaugh, People are generally fair, and that just was really, really unsettling for a lot of Americans. So congratulations uh, to the left, and uh, I hope you learn your lesson, but I don't think you will. Let me go to Mark in Rhode Island. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn. Yes. Hi, Glenn. How are you? It's great to talk with you. Thank you. And I just want to thank you for all of the work that you've done over the years. I've been listening to you and following you since, well the 2000 election. Wow. Mm. Um, so hey, don't give up. No, you are making an impact. Thank you. Believe me, I'm in the bluest, bluest place in the country, <laughs> Rhode Island. I mean, we make California look fire engine red. <laughs> wow. That's true. So, wow. It, it's, it's crazy. Now I've, I've got a map in front of me of the congressional districts and uh, Republican versus Democrat. And it's, you know, it's 90% red and 10% blue. Mm-hmm. If I switch that map to county by county, this country is 95% red, 5% blue. Yes. It's all concentrated in the cities. I, I'm saying the blue areas, yes. the metropolitan areas. Yes. What's in the cities, colleges, what's, what do you find on college campuses? Elitist. Yes. What do elitists use as their primary source of news? NPR, without a doubt. NPR is the most destructive force in this country. Something has to be done to stop them. And I just 
I don't know what it is, but I find it so incredibly frustrating. Okay, so here's here's the th- here's uh, first of all, I don't think I agree with you on on that. I do believe that they are just f- far far left, uh, and they have uh, you know they're they and nobody even looks at them. I, I think if you want to stop them, the only way to stop them really is to cut their funding. And here's the case that you make. Uh, if you look at the podcasts, which is the future, and you you look at their ratings uh, on radio, et cetera, et cetera, in some areas they do really well. Their their thing is they've never been able to make money. Well, the reason why is it's the, the way they run it is ridiculous. There is I would never hire anyone who had NPR experience, and it is not because uh, they're not good. They're very good. Uh, and it's not because of their political bias. It's because they do not live in reality. What commercial radio does with one person, it takes them about eight. Uh, the other thing is, if you look at the podcast, which are the future podcasts, they dominate in the podcast world, but they can't make any money. They they still the 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 people that I um, and I think the New York Times is this way as well. The 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 three biggest agencies, if you will, uh, for commercials don't really invest at all in in NPR, even though they have huge ratings on podcasts because no one buys the product. They don't know how to sell. So if you want to stop them, I am not for silencing of any voices. Uh, and I personally, I listen to the New York Times every morning and I listen to NPR. I want to know what the other side is saying. Um, uh, and so I am very dead set against silencing voices. But here's what you do. You just make them pay for themselves. Stop giving government money to NPR. We don't need that. There are voices out there. There's more chances for people to hear different voices. Look at Pod Saves America. Why do we need NPR? We have that, and it's commercially run. Why do we need it? These stories are being told. You don't need the public uh, radio anymore, the public television anymore. Um, And that's the way you do it, uh, quite honestly. But again, it's not about silencing voices. It's about... Uh, leveling the playing field we all like a fair and level playing field don't we npr all right i want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor this half hour filter by Stu and i um we're not exactly uh you know tim allen uh, when it comes to being handy around the house. Uh, was your dad handy around the house? Mm, yeah, pretty much. Really? Yeah. So you just cool. never learned? Well, he's the same way with uh, with cars. Like, he knew how to do fix cars, so yeah. I never learned word one about it. I have no idea. Right. My, my wife came out. We had the hood up of uh, of our truck, uh, and uh, and my son and I were just laying under the truck. We just kind of looked through it, and, and we were laying under the truck. And uh, she came out, and she said, what the hell are you guys doing? And I said, I'm just, uh, you know, just trying to, to show Rafe some of the things. And she said, you don't know what the hell you're even talking about. What are you doing? And I'm like, he doesn't know that. Shh. It's true. I'm showing him the defibrillator right now. He doesn't have any idea. <laughs> anyway, so we're not exactly, you know, the, the man that uh, does it all. In fact, I'm really the man who does nothing uh, when it comes to fixing things, and including changing my own filters 
HVAC systems, you've got to change your filters. Um, and if you don't, it, it's bad for you, bad for the air that you breathe, bad for your allergies, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also hard on the HVAC machine. So here's what you do. Uh, you go to FilterBuy, FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. You can buy your filter over 600 different sizes. They'll make them custom if they have to. They ship overnight, and they're all made here in America. So it's a just a great thing all the way around. Plus, you're going to save 5% if you do auto-renew, which means they'll ship that filter to you automatically when it's time to change the filter. This is the only reason why, and I think think this is true i'm pretty sure this is true i don't think i've ever changed a filter in my life uh i don't know who ever has changed the filter in my house but i've never done it until filter by because they shipped it it got it at the front door and i popped it in it's really easy filter buy.com filter I uh, brought out uh, today in the studio, uh, we have a, um, I'm not sure if it was Palm Beach. What was the county? Was it Palm yeah, Beach Palm County? Palm Beach County was a big focus. Um, yeah. It's one of the counties in uh, Florida. This is one of the hanging Chad voting machines. And I can, I'll never forget, there's one picture that sums this up. It's the guy who, he has his glasses, I think, up at the top of his head. And he's looking at a hanging Chad. He's kind of holding that, that card up. Do you remember that oh, image? Yeah. Uh, we're headed for something like that. God forbid there is a recount that is going on once again in Florida. <laughs> Get it right, Florida. Get it right. Or we saw you off and push you into the ocean. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Home Title Lock. Home Title Lock uh, is going to save you and your family, maybe your mom and dad, a real big headache. There's something now that is uh, that uh, I mean, it's it's crazy. They can come thieves can come and not experience. This is really easy to do. They go down to the local uh, courthouse. They get a form. They fill it out. They put all of your information on. They forge your signature. Forge a notary, 30 bucks, they turn it in, and your title has gone to them. There's nobody that protects you against this except Home Title Lock. Uh, get your $100 search for free just to make sure it hasn't happened to you yet. FBI says it's the fastest growing crime out there. HomeTitleLock.com. Please get this secure for you and your family, especially your parents. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Glenn Beck. Okay, so yesterday, uh, one of the bills that passed up in Massachusetts is... Um, I think it's crazy because I don't believe uh, I'm sorry. I just don't believe the that gender is of choice. I don't believe that gender is fluid. But here's what they did. Question three on the ballot initiative up in Massachusetts. They approved it, which, according to the Hill, quote, prohibits discrimination in public accommodations, restaurants, hotels, hospitals, stores and public transportation and allows uh, to use spaces that align with their gender identity. OK, look, I, I don't want you kicked out of any place i don't want to be mean to anybody i I don't i don't know anybody who does but when it comes to bathrooms i'm sorry you know if you're a dude and you're like look i am identifying as a woman today come on massachusetts has become the first statewide referendum to enforce now the policy that is specifically aimed at transgender and non-binary people's 
public protection. Andrew Beckwith, legal analyst for No on Three, Keep Massachusetts Safe, said, quote, we are deeply disappointed that the people of Massachusetts will continue to be forced to sacrifice their privacy and their safety in the name of political correctness. Republican Governor uh, Charlie Baker signed the bill in 2016, but opposition was great enough that it landed on the 18 ballot for repeal. Voters favored the bill overwhelmingly, 67 percent majority. This says this says good things and bad things about us. This says good things. Nobody wants to hate other people. Bad thing, we're not thinking things through. Many LGBT advocates pointed to President Trump's recent statements about gender and biology, specifically a memo from the Department of Health and Human Services, which urged that both gender and sex be seen as either male or female, unchangeable and determined by the genitals that that person is born with. Naturally, the left was upset, and despite the fact that transgenderism is found in 0.005% to 0.014% of people assigned uh, male at birth, and 0.002 to 0.003 of people assigned female at birth. So why is the left hysterical about this? Why? because it's all about destroying science it's all about destroying truth it's all about causing chaos that's what this is really about that's all the postmodernist wants the regular democrat and the regular republican just want people to have common sense common decency and get off each other's back just can we leave each other alone for postmodernists? The answer is, uh, no. It's Wednesday, November 7th. This is the Glenn Beck program. I want to go into some of the other bills that have been passed, but I want to say one thing that I don't think anybody else really has perspective on. Uh, like I do, we were, we were the first to come out and move media into the internet space uh, nobody had uh, left major television or anything else when we got into subscriptions it was netflix and hbo and i think hbo uh it was just getting into it or they just followed us i can't remember but it was around the time of hbo go um uh and it was very very new the only platform that was available was the MLB network, the Major League Baseball, because they had done it. Netflix was being entertainment. MLB was bringing uh, uh, news. I mean, sorry, sports. And we were the first to go in and bring any kind of news like this online. At the time, I, I kept saying this is the future, and I, I hope others will, will join and we can stop doing what the major networks do and look at each other as competitors. Instead, we can kind of help each other. One thing that happened last night, and I don't know if you wouldn't have noticed it unless you were watching one of the other, you know, conservative, if you will, networks. Last night, uh, we shared. Last night, we came together as a group of friends. Um, I was on Ben Shapiro's show. Ben was on mine. Uh, uh, we had a guest from CRTV. Bill O'Reilly was on mine. I was on his. Uh, Newsmax. 
Uh, I was on Newsmax last night. We didn't look at each other as competitors. That was really the big news. I think the big news. People, this audience has said for a long time, you know, if you guys could just put your differences aside or whatever and work together, it would be so great. Well, it's happening. And I want you to know that it's happening. We're not, you know, we're still separate. We don't all agree with each other, et cetera, et cetera. But we are beginning to reach out to each other and stop treating each other as competitors and start looking at each other as on the same side. And while we might approach things differently, we're on the same side. That is the news that I think you should hear today. Uh, and the mainstream media should hear, and the left should not hear it. Shh, keep this to ourselves. Um, when we come back together and we all see each other as in the same boat and fighting for the same team, if not the same company, that's when we can make a real difference. We need to be, we need to be more like the Rat Pack you know, Frank Sinatra was Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. They were all different. They were all different, but they ran together and they brought their tribes together from time to time. And it was the magic that they were all friends that made them so powerful in entertainment at the time. This is the same thing that I hope is beginning to happen in the conservative movement that we all begin to come together uh, for a greater cause and we still are all separate and we're going to disagree but we don't have to make enemies of each other because there's already enough uh there's already enough people that are trying to stab us in the back and in the chest we don't need to do it ourselves so thank you uh to uh to all of the conservative daily caller uh as well thank you to all of the conservative outlets that we all played nicely with each other last night, and it was great. Every single one that I talked to, everybody was like, "This is fantastic. This is fun." Yeah, it was. It was a lot of. It was. It was really good. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, it was nice. Okay, so let's go through some of the um, some of the things that people passed yesterday. We just talked about the, you know, the bathroom bill up in Massachusetts. Yeah, you know, a quick rundown: Alabama, uh, Ten Commandments. Can you display them on uh, state, public, or school grounds? That passed with seventy-one percent. Mm. Um, the, uh, another one in Alabama, the Constitution uh, does not protect the right to abortion or require funding of abortion. Also passed 59%. Wow. Arkansas uh, wanted voter ID. They got it. 79.5% passed. Again, that's one of the most popular policies in all of, of political discourse. It is it's amazing. What is it? 70%, it. 80%? Of African-Americans. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I don't know. I was just talking to a group of people just the other day, and we were talking about this this case. You need it to buy booze. You need it to be served in some restaurants. You need it to be to drive a car. You need it to open a bank account. Who doesn't have identification? And how is that possibly racist to say, can you show me my picture ID? I, I, mean, it's, I, it's, I have no idea. You have to have it for almost everything that, <laughs> yeah. you know, that you know, shows that you're an adult. You have to have it. California had a chance to repeal a $5.1 billion tax increase uh, every year. California? Uh, yep. 
Guess what they did? They decided not to repeal it. And they did. You're right. Uh, they voted so no. insane. 52.5%. It was a close vote, but no. They also had this one's really insane. California was trying to pass a, uh, a, a ballot measure here that if passed would allow local jurisdictions, cities, whatever, to govern what rent owners may charge new tenants. Oh, my gosh. So... Uh, if you were it's renting a house, the renting an apartment, property. yeah, I mean, it's uh, insane. Uh, that did fail, though. 62% said, no, no, you're not going to have a city tell me. I can only charge $200 only, a month. Only 62%. Yeah, it was still fairly close. Um, uh, felons, uh, where they be restored the right to vote, it, as long as they were not convicted of murder or sexual offense uh, in Florida, that passed. Uh, so felons will get the right to vote. So how do you feel about that? Well, think about that one. We're talking about a recount today. We talk about 2000. You got a Chad machine behind me, and then one of the real machines from Florida in mm-hmm, 2000, mm-hmm, hanging Chads. Mm-hmm. You are now going to take everyone who used to not be able to vote, felons, um, and we're talking about felons who, as long as they were not murder attempts or sexual offense, and they completed their sentences, including parole and everything, they are. You're going to put a ton of people on the voter rolls that were not currently on the voter rolls. I know, and so that I and mean, most it, likely in, it's going to go to the left. Most likely it's going to go to the left, yes. So, so but, uh, but, wait, but wait, let's talk about the principle. Let's not talk about the politics mm-hmm. of it. Let's talk about the principle of it. Where okay. do you stand on that? Uh, I would say um, if you've paid your debt to society, you should probably be able to vote again. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't make a way to where, if I'm not talking about politics, mm-hmm. if I talk about politics, I can make a million ways, but yep. that's not the way we should look at this. I agree. We're talking about people's rights. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've paid, there should, I, I'm a fan of Victor Hugo. There should be no yellow ticket of leave. If you've paid your debt, you're done. You're done. If we want to say murder and child abuse or sexual abuse. Okay. But once you've paid your debt, I think it should be done. There are some states that allow you to vote in prison. Like you are convicted. You don't, you never lose them. You keep, Mm -hmm. you keep your voting rights. What do you think about that? Because part of me thinks that, you know, there, there is a scenario in which um, you should be able to have influence on the laws, right? If, especially if you are the one that's being affected by them. Um, you know, if you can see think, a situation, right, like we're an out-of-control government would start putting people in prison so they couldn't vote. Yeah. Um, it is. A, there's a, I mean, there's an argument from that libertarian side as well. Uh, but uh, you, know. you could probably talk me into it. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of at the point of like, eh, it's kind of a timeout for you. Yeah, but when you say, <laughs> it's kind of feels good too. Yeah, but when you but when you say you know out of control government, you're probably right. I mean, I feel like the founders would have been like, yeah, what if we get one of the kings? I mean, because yeah. that's what they would have done to yeah, them. Exactly you right. would have thrown them in there, and they never would have been able to vote again. Yeah, which, you'd never hear from them again, right? Um, and in Idaho, um, this is a fascinating development, and this is across several states. What was the conservative com- the conservative complaint of Obamacare? I th- this is a fascinating Obamacare election, and maybe didn't get enough attention. The number one issue among voters. 41% of voters said that was the, the number one issue was health care. This mm-hmm. was pushed almost almost entirely by Democrats. The problem is health care. The problem is health care. The current health care system we have is called Obamacare. It is the Democratic system. If you remember, the Republicans failed at repealing it. So it is still in place. The only part that is not in place is the is the fine attached to you being legally forced to participate mm-hmm. but the system has not changed really at all. at all this is it and you think well why what are they complaining about they got their system and it's in mm-hmm. right 
past that, one of the big conservative complaints when Obamacare uh, started was that it was forcing states. It basically held states hostage. They had to put a big uh, expansion of Medicaid through. It went to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said in the Obamacare decision, you can't do that. Federal government cannot force states to do these things. They have an option to do it or not. So most of the conservative states said, great, we're out. On conservative state after conservative state after conservative state, that got on the ballot this year. Should we expand Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act? In Idaho, it passed with 61% of the vote. Uh, in uh, Don't california eyes my Idaho. In Nebraska, it passed with 53.3% of the vote. In Nevada, uh, I think there's another so you know why this, You know why this is happening? This is happening because... Health insurance is too damn expensive. Oh, and Utah is the other state, by the way. Utah passed it with 54% of the vote. Sorry, go ahead. It's too expensive. As we under said, Obamacare. under Obamacare, it's only going to make the price of health care go through the roof. And it has. And so now people are underwater and they think the only way to do that is to is to pass Medicare. Just get more money from the state, more money from the state. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to put less restrictions on health care. Stop it. Let people buy it interstate. Let them buy a plan that's cheaper in, you know, God forbid it would ever be this way, but cheaper in New York if I'm in Texas. Let me buy it across state lines. Free up the system. Uh, pot passed pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, recreational, it passed uh, for medical marijuana in Utah, which was uh, interesting. Uh, you had, this one's good though. This one's like straight out of Pawnee, Illinois, if you've ever watched Parks mm-hmm. and Recreation. <laughs> Nevada had a tax on the storage of feminine feminine hygiene products passed in 1955. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, if you're not, seriously, if if you're not... If you are hoarding tampons, right. yes, you should be taxed. You should be we, taxed. I would have I mean, supported it. Unfortunately, <laughs> the they did actually repeal what they call the pink tax. Uh, what? Fifty-seven what to for? forty-three. What was the problem that they were trying to solve? I don't know. Solve? I kind of want to find out. I do. But then really I kind of don't want to find out. <laughs> I I am going to spend my day going down the wormhole of the pink tax. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Goldline. So. Here's what's going to probably happen. Democrats likely to elect Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. She is. She's made all kinds of deals. She said, you know, she just wants two years and then she's done. So that'll make her the most powerful House leader as well as third in line for presidential succession. Can you imagine going from Donald Trump to Nancy Pelosi? Mm. Democrats have now been granted one of the most powerful weapons available, the power of the congressional subpoena. And due to rule changes, a committee chairman now has the power to issue subpoenas without consulting the minority party at all. Presidential foes such as uh, Maxine Waters uh, expected to become the chair of the House Finance Committee. They're going to be able she's going to be able to use her position to attack the president. There is a new report out, uh, and it was a what could happen. This has now become a what is going to happen report. Uh, it's a report that is absolutely free just for calling 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. I want you to call and see the, the turmoil that now most likely will be caused 
by what is happening in the House. And I believe that there is a a civil war inside of the Democratic Party that I don't know how they're going to quell. Uh, and it's coming from the uber, uber left to the regular politician that's like, no, 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 we we got to do this to win. Uh, I think the coming insurrection is going to happen in the Democratic Party. You can read all about this now at Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE. It's free information. Just ask them to send it to you, and they will. They're waiting for your call now, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Yeah, let me go to Richard in Texas. Hello, Richard. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing this morning? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, I was just calling to, to talk about uh, um, people that have been locked up in prison. I was locked up in prison here in Texas for five years. Hmm. Um, I got out, and in Texas, um, after you've been out for two years and you've done your time, you're allowed to vote. And I voted every election, and I do vote Republican. Um, I think it's very important that people are allowed to move on. I agree. And and, and and gain their place back in society, you know, no matter what they've done. Um, uh, it doesn't help. It's been very, we, it's been it, very important to me. Yeah, if, if we don't give people uh, their right to vote and a way for them to come back into the fold after being in prison, you don't have any reason to be a citizen and a good citizen and build towards a future because exactly. you never can. And that's just I think that's just wrong. And it's it's hard enough to get a job and 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 raise a family. Um, I, gosh, I've moved you know ten or eleven times since two thousand one when I got out, um, just looking for work. And and you know, so it is important for me to be able to vote and voice my opinion. Um, my wife uh, was born in Mexico; she's a citizen now. Um, it even got her to start voting. She had nothing to do with politics, mm. so you know, it, it, it's stuff like that. I think I think it's very important. Not everybody. Getting out is a Democrat. A lot of them are, I will tell you that. But um, a lot of us aren't. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't matter. We should not be looking at politics uh, on this. We should look at the principle. Um, uh, so, Richard, how are you doing on finding a job now? Is oh, it- I'm doing good. I've, uh, I clean pools. Uh, um, I've been doing that for about 10 years now. So, uh, <laughs> good. And, and, and it, it's a good job. I like working outside. So, yeah. you know, I get to, I get to, provide for my family and that's what's very important richard thank you so much and thanks for voting yesterday and i'm glad you were allowed to do that um uh, those stories where maybe things went wrong at one point and actually you know you turn it turn it around and turn into an upstanding member of society if you've paid your debt i i other than politically i cannot understand the reason uh to not let people come back in the fold you've got to give them hope that they can fully restore This is the Glenn Beck Program. So, uh, President Trump is going to uh, hold a press conference soon. And uh, I, 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 I'm hoping that he is uh, come out with a very soft uh, uh, tone and does his part to bring people together. Yeah. But I'm not sure that he will. We asked Benny Johnson from Daily Caller this last night. What are the percentage chance that he comes out and uh, you know is really solemn and calm and 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 reaches across the aisle and is conciliatory? And he said a zero percent. Yeah, that was his I think answer. So I and think he's so. a big fan of Trump. Yeah. Uh, although I will say, when Trump Trump's best moments is for that part of his personality, which doesn't he doesn't do that a lot. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not what he's known for. Mm-hmm. It's almost always after a big win. 
when he went when he won the primaries when he would win the election he always had good moments after that where he would mm-hmm. say look you know i'm yep. i think this is important it's when he loses is when he seems to get more on the angry yeah. side it'll be interesting to see which one comes out here it'll be conference. hard because uh part of him i mean his anger i think would be towards the press Oh, yeah, yeah. And the uber left that have done everything and then said, you know, this is a referendum on Donald Trump. And now they're saying this is a referendum on, you know, people of diverse uh, backgrounds right. like women. No, it's shut up. Shut up. Um, uh, so it would be great if both of those things that you just described went away. It wouldn't. It? The idea that a everything's about the president. So an election about Tom Jones and Stan Stevens is somehow about Donald Trump. It's not. It's about the two people you're voting for. That's number one. Number two, the vote shouldn't be about your skin color or your genitals or who you like to have sex with or what position you like or what. None of that should be part of your vote. Vote for the person who's going to do the best job at the job you're hiring them for. We made a big deal. And I'm I'm hoping that we're almost out of historic firsts. Yeah, we need to get (laughs) I mean, I think we're I think we might be out of them, except, you know, uh, half dog man uh, may still be out there. But uh, I, 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 I can't wait until we're out of historic first because I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what your your sexuality is, what you're doing in the bedroom. I care about how you vote, what you think, what your ideas are for the future. That's what matters. I mean, you get caught up in those storylines. Like, for example, there was uh, a supposedly, I think, the first female Native American representative that was going to be elected last night. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that historically with the United States, we've had some issues. If anyone, I don't know if anyone noticed with Native Americans at points in our history. Oh, yeah. Um, with yeah there the, was with the Democrats two. where yeah. they were rounding them oh, all that's up. That's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Yes. But that's, that, that's, you know, a country that has that sort of issue, right? Mm. Uh, you know, that's, you can you can get caught up in that story. Like you can get caught yeah, up no, in the I think it's great. first Muslim woman. Yes. Um, supposedly elected. And mm-hmm. like, if you think about that, like, think about the criticisms of our horrible culture here from the left and how they excuse Women being treated in all sorts of terrible ways all across the Middle East. Yet here we are in the country that's electing Muslim women into, in, you know, I mean, that's and, a and, big and, deal. And you know, it's a, what's amazing. But is only that because the, of identity politics. And that's what I hate about right, it. Right. It's all identity politics because it's if it was really genuine, Keith Ellison wouldn't have won last night. Yeah. See, think of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Minnesota made him the chief law enforcement officer. He's the attorney general. That's that's insane. Insane that he's going to provide justice when I mean, can you imagine being the woman who who is who came out and said, look, I, I, I'm a Democrat and and, you know, I, I have no axe to grind. And she I don't wanted want a, a Democrat to win. Right. I don't want a Republican to win, but. He's abusive, and here's my doctor notes, and they're detailed, and they're contemporaneous. Uh, here are all the people that I talked to at the time. Here's our emails. Here's our text messages back before. I mean, she had everything. They didn't care, and now that guy is going to be watching over your daughter? He's going to be watching over your wife? He's going to be watching over the justice system? Oh, my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, Menendez is another good example of this. Menendez had a friend who gave him gifts to uh, to grow their friendship. Now, this friend was a doctor in Florida who happened to steal $100 million from uh, from you, the taxpayer, from through Medicare. 
uh, and Medicaid, and then funneled a bunch of the money back to Menendez, who then just coincidentally happened to keep supporting all of the projects this doctor was working on, even though he had no experience in the fields, other right. complete separate things. And not just supporting it, but going in and fighting Fighting for, for it. Fighting for it. Uh, trying to derail other contracts, then traveling with him, and then there's accusations from people about underage prostitution and all of these other things. And you say, well, you know, it's New Jersey. They're going to pick the Democrat no matter what. Menendez did wind up winning the race. But they didn't even bother, while he was in the middle of all of this, even bother trying to put up a primary challenger. They could have had a different Democrat that could have gone and rolled to victory easily that wasn't corrupt. They cared so little about this guy doing all of these ridiculous things in which he was strongly admonished by the by the committee that went through all of the evidence. And they still reelected him. He's going to be uh, there yet because, again. But see, you know, you have to understand, and I think this is on, on anyone and any group that KISS cares about power. You want those guys because those guys are easily manipulated. Those guys are easily blackmailed they're easily trapped into something brand new um they you know what their ethics are they're not going to have a problem just hey you know what we stood by you why don't you turn the other way just just turn around just turn around i mean that's the kind of guy you want if you're in the establishment mm-hmm. you want somebody that you can manipulate that was that's house of can. cards right they used to, that happens yep. throughout house of cards they'd find yep. the really corrupt guy to try to win over to the policy because they knew they had leverage on him yep and you got to believe menendez is in that position yep. constantly uh let me go to leonard in florida hello leonard you're on the glimmick program good to talk to you glenn thank you sir my uh, reason for calling is i'm afraid that if pelosi gets back into congress again and holding the the, the hammer that's going to be horrible well, oh, yes, it yeah, will. I mean, thank you, Leonard. <laughs> That's I think, true. I think you said a mouthful there. I, I think you're exactly right. It It is. Um, it's going to be her or somebody worse. I mean, because there's somebody made challenge from the Democratic socialist angle. She is. She's pretty strong. I mean, she's got a little bit of an iron fist there uh, uh, across that caucus. And she has but, made the uh, uh, deal. Just give me two years. She wants to go out in style. She wants to go out as the House leader. So just give me two years and I'll play ball. And uh, and we'll see what happens. And it would be smart to play. And this is saying something when Nancy Pelosi is the center of that party. Um, you know, it's smart to play towards the center of the Democratic Party than the Uber left. I just don't think that would work. Let me go to Jamie in Florida. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Welcome, Jamie. Hello. Yes. Um, I just I just wanted to say that uh, Rick Scott and. Uh, Ron DeSantis and all the close Republican races really owe a debt of gratitude to Ted Cruz because if he was not as massively hated by the left that they dumped tens of millions of dollars into mm-hmm. Beto's campaign, mm-hmm. that would have just been spread all around to other destruction. It's true. It's true. I've um, never thought of it that way. What a great point. Yeah, it's true. It really did. It really uh, it made it so they didn't couldn't focus on other places that they had a chance to win. I mean, they, everything went right for them in Texas, and they still lost by three points. Uh, Jamie, tell me, tell tell me what you were thinking last night, thinking that you might have a Democratic socialist as a governor. Um, I had been praying and fasting every Friday to make sure that that didn't happen, and just leave it in God's hands. Well, God bless you. Thank you for that. Let me go to uh, Kevin in Texas. Hello, Kevin. Hey, uh, Glenn. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. So uh, 
first of all, I enjoyed the coverage on the Blaze last night. It was awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, hopefully all the uh, people in California will take down their battle for Senate signs today. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> now the new battle for yeah. president is next. They're still, they're, 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 right now they're cradling it in their bed, <laughs> crying themselves oh, yeah. back to sleep. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to say is that uh, my wife, she's a disabled vet. I serve in the military. And I think what was uh, most astonishing to us was the, the amount of people that came out to participate in the democracy. Mm-hmm. It was just, I mean, you know, we went bad in some areas. Obviously, we didn't hold the house. But just the fact that people are participating and people were, were getting out to the vote. And, you know, in the media, they said, oh, it's, it's the Democrats. They're, they're energized. And then some said the Republicans. But it, it looks like everybody... Uh, you know, overall, fifty-fifty split was pretty energized. So that was. I mean, it, it was it was it was great, and I like this one actually because it was somewhat a battle of ideas. The masks came off, and you were either for Donald Trump and you know X Y Z, or you're a Democratic Socialist and you're for these things. And they actually kind of uh, uh, admitted what side they were on. The ones that were were close, like uh, uh, cinema in um, Arizona, she didn't. I mean, she's hardcore code pink. And yet she was like, oh, no, I, we've got to do something about the border. Now, you don't believe that for a second. But the ones who took their masks off, you know, hats off to them because we could actually have a real election. And I think beyond Donald Trump and racism and everything else, what this was last night for conservatives, at least, was. I am not going to take it. I'm just no to the democratic socialism. Yes, we still need the Senate. They were talking about abolishing the Senate. Those are the kinds of things that I think we should be talking about because those are the things that the Uber left, which really now has the the Democratic Party by the scruff of the neck. Those are the things that they actually believe. And I, I like having those kinds of debates because they're real. That's what's really happening. And uh, so I thought this was actually a very, in some ways, a very healthy um, election. It, it only got there, unfortunately, for, for all of the Republicans uh, when Kavanaugh, in something very unhealthy for the country, uh, when Kavanaugh was just, you know, called a gang rapist. Hmm. And I'm not sure that the Republicans would have come out the way they did had it not been for that. So Simply Safe is our sponsor this half hour. Simply Safe is a uh, wonderful, wonderful service and uh, equipment manufacturer. They, they make uh, this home security system. And it's it's truly remarkable. It is now keeping over two million Americans safe every single day. Um, I have Simply Safe in my home. My daughter has it in her home, and um, we installed it in like thirty minutes. It's really really easy, uh, and you just can't shut this thing down. I mean, you can come in and beat it with a baseball bat, and it's it's still going to call police. You can cut the power lines or the uh, the Wi Fi or the phone lines, and it's still going to call police. They do things right. Plus. They also let you own it. Now, here's the big thing. You buy one of those um, uh, alarm systems. You don't own it. You don't own it. You can't take it with you. Um, And it's not easy to swap out. Somebody else comes in and they're like, oh, well, you'll have to use our system and we have to rewire. What? What are you talking about? 
you own it and the price of it is so unbelievably inexpensive that you're going to see the minute you see the price, you're going to be able to do the math in your head and go, oh, my gosh, I've been horribly ripped off. Plus, they don't have any contracts, so you can cancel it any time. It's month to month. You pay. You, you want it. You got it. If you don't, no big deal. No contracts. It's simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. Save 10% off your system and, and see the difference. Keep your family safe with simplysafebeck.com. Glad you're here. Stuart and I were just talking off the air. Uh, ben Shapiro had a uh, had a comment this uh, this morning that um, that really the radical here was uh, was Barack Obama, and the reason why Donald Trump feels so radical is because he's just taking us back to where we were closer to where we were and you're fighting against all these radicals is that the is that right is that the way he, you yeah, you're doing it i think more on an ideological ground maybe i, I think ben's meaning it more of a in a political sense in that like people look at trump as this kind of big political transformation when maybe it was actually uh obama who was a one-off right so like if you think of Obama, let's just say, and obviously I'm no, no fan of the guy, but let's just say he was this amazing, spectacular politician that won all these people over. And, you know, he had his moments like that, right? A lot of people liked him. Certainly in 2008, he was that way. Uh, he had a huge set share of the vote and really, you know, captured the American, you know, uh, attention. So he wins all these states and blows out Republicans in a lot of states. And... I think the general consensus, certainly among the media, was this is where America was. They were now the country who voted for Barack Obama. And they came back a little bit with Romney in 2012. But, you know, a good chunk of those states pretty much held. Ben seems to be saying here, like, you know, Florida, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, these states that used to be really competitive but weren't under Obama <clears throat> and now are again, maybe the exception to the rule was Obama. He was able to get those states into his side so successfully. And now Trump is, instead of it being a Trump, you know, dragging everybody back to, uh, dragging everybody to the, to the right, that's where they were the whole time. It was just that Obama was an outlier. And I think what you're saying is, okay, you have this, we're, we're somewhat, you know, let's say we're a center-right country. And Obama comes in and brings in Occupy Wall Street. And, and and it is much more in that world than we're used to. Mm -hmm. We get so used to that world that it feels really dramatic to come back towards a center-right country after that those eight years, when in reality, uh, we, maybe, never, we, we the, never really American left The American people, it, we you know? never left. We never really left, I think, 2008. We never really left, really, 2006 to 2008. We have not uh, left the period of, wait a minute, there's something going on on the border. Something's not right in Washington. Uh, I just want transparency. I just want somebody to be open and honest with us. You know, I just want to be reasonable. Mm. We've never really left that. Obama and the press made us feel as though we had left that. And that small little minority made everybody feel that way. But that's not who we are. And what happened last night was a reflection of, no, that's, that's really not us. We don't want Glenn, that stuff. Back. Mercury.